You're listening to Brown Sugar Diaries with Erica Michelle, a podcast about life, love, and laughter from a plus-size brown girl's perspective. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Brown Sugar Diaries, on Twitter at BRWN Sugar Diaries, on Facebook, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast, and on YouTube, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast. And you can also send me an email, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast at gmail.com. y'all welcome back to another episode of brown sugar diaries i hope you guys are doing well staying safe washing your hands and practicing social distancing and living your best life while you in the house today's episode is going to be about millennials and faith or millennials and religion however you want to look at it so i have invited some friends to the podcast and it's going to be broken up over in, over a few segments um, because, you know, social distancing and everybody's kind of scattered out over the U.S. So I wanted to have some of my friends who I know would be uh, delighted <laughs> to embark on this journey and unpacking this topic for me. So I'm going to bring them in. But first, we're going to have a quick little ad, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. Um, I have a good friend of mine, Derek, on the line um, to help unpack this millennials and faith, young and churchy, hood and holy, however you want to look at it, however you want to feel it. And I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you guys a little bit about himself, and then we're going to dive right into it. Derek, you there? I am. Hello, my name is Derek. Uh, I'm in airport operations. I live in Cleveland, Ohio. Just moved up here about two years ago. And I am a preacher's kid, so I have been in church my entire life. I also am a minister of music. I fulfilled that role as well, so I've seen both sides of the church. Trust me. So y'all also know that that means he is terrible, right? Because he said he's a PK. Anyway, so um. Like I might have told you before that this episode is just going to be about, you know, millennials navigating faith and religion or, you know, however you feel about it and um, getting closer with God and just, you know, the complexity or simplicity of, of faith and living in this society when there's all types of temptation and, you know, worldliness and unholiness <laughs> Um, and and how that feels, what that looks like navigating for you. So you did mention that you are a PK. So what like what was life like growing up for you? Um, life growing up for me, uh, of course, it was centered around church. However, I wasn't one of those typical PKs that was sheltered from the world and uh, went to church every single day and spent sixteen hours in church and. Things that so we had. Um, I'm a twin, so we had a fair amount of freedom uh, growing up, as well as our parents took, uh, I guess you could say, a radical approach uh, to religion. Mm. We uh, we we had Jehovah Witnesses come to the house on Saturday morning. Everybody know how it go. Why are you watching cartoons? Somebody knock on the door. But then my mom and dad, they would let him in, and we would all sit down and we would discuss the differences and uh, what is what, 
believe what we believe and things of that sort, then they're going in their little way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Quran in the household. Uh, we had uh, Catholic canons and uh, books that were uh, taken out of the Christian Bible by the Catholicism period and all of that. So mm-hmm. we had a fair amount of religious material and our mom and dad encouraged us to study for ourselves, look at other religions, study other religions, um, and somehow compare those with what they're teaching us, and wherever decide, whatever direction we decide to go in, we would go. Mm-hmm. You know, we were free to explore. However, they did make sure that our life was centered around Christianity. So, how has that translated over into, like, your adult faith, like, are you do you practice Christianity? Like what what does that look like for you now? I do practice Christianity. Um and during my adult phase, uh, I guess you can say I'm in I'm still in the adolescent phase of Christianity. My dad broke it down to us like this that when you first meet God as a child, you only know him through what your mom and dad or your grandmother, your grandfather, you know, whoever's in your life uh, introduces you to God. That's how you know him. Mm-hmm. Then, as you go out to the world on your own, you begin to go through trials and tribulations, through storms. You make mistakes. You make decisions that, for good or bad, that you get to experience God yourself, and you start to get your own testimony. Mm-hmm. And then in the adult phase, that's when you know God for who he is, and you can actually witness and, and testify to others and lead others to Christ. So I guess I'm in the adolescent phase. I'm sure I'm in the adolescent phase. And what my mom and dad have instilled in us, I've gone back to time and time again, um, especially dealing with people my age, where, we, where everybody's quote-unquote woke. Everybody says this about Christianity or this about Kemet or this about love ideology or this about Islam. And a lot of people aren't really, what's the word I'm looking for, knowledgeable mm-hmm. about it. Okay. So one of the things that kind of sparked me, that kind of inspired me to um, create this episode, was record this episode, was just that sometimes, like, I... I would say that I'm truly in that stage of my faith where like I'm literally trying him and knowing him for myself. (laughs) And even when I feel like, you know, everything is crumbling around me, it's like, okay, I know that this, this ain't life. This ain't, it ain't going to always be this way and better is coming. But then I think about, I see things on Twitter, on Facebook, and I see people who are around my age or who are my age and they struggle and I can't even really call it a struggle. It's just that they, they have this, this unbelief of God. And it's like, it's all, it's interesting, but it's also a little bit perplexing. It's like, it makes me wonder, like, did you ever go to church? Did you ever believe in God? Is this just something that you know, developed as an adult. And it just made me wonder, like, did this happen, you know, like I said, as an adult or has this always been there? And not just that, I've noticed um, how a lot of people say that millennials are moving away from the church because 
everybody has this ideology or conspiracy theory that, you know, the church is a scam and, you know, all they want is money and how can you believe in something or someone that you can't see? And it's like, I mean, well, that's, that's faith. You can't see what it is you believe in for. So, uh, it's just, it's all interesting to me. And so it makes me curious. It has made me curious about how other millennials navigate faith and religion in today's society when everybody is seemingly um, just doesn't believe or struggles with their belief or with their belief or struggles with their faith. Like what, what do you think about um, millennials who are atheists or who, who say my favorite phrase, I don't believe in God. I believe in a higher power. What in the world does that mean? Um, well, I don't think anything different than, than, you know, than what I would if I met somebody who was a Christian. Uh, they want to have a discussion about uh, ideologies and beliefs. We can. If they're an atheist, uh, I used to have a boxing coach in college who was atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, um, we, we've had a couple of touches on, on religion. Uh, I know. If, I used to have a friend in college that uh, believed in a higher power, which means he believed that there was somebody over us. He just wouldn't call it L, the one true, you know, God, or he wouldn't say it was, um, you know, uh, any of the other deities that uh, worship, uh, we had Hinduism or um, Baba, which to me is still one, one in the same. Ahead of 
the religion that's been shoved down our throats mm-hmm. in church, everything takes on its whole different meaning. Ooh. That, that is factual. So when, in your opinion, when would you say that a person truly develops their faith? to struggle with as far as faith is that that need for control and I can't and I honestly cannot speak for all millennials I can only speak for myself I am a control freak like I need to know how something is going to work out what I I didn't ask for an amen from the peanut gallery okay all right Uh, (laughs) like I I need to know how something's going to work out how it's going to you know play out like what's going to happen you know and it just it's taking me some time to get to that point where I can truly you know honestly truthfully say that I I trust God to meet my need exceed my need and give me what I want to but I also kind of feel like not speaking just for me not just for myself but just from what I've observed from from in other millennials and just talking to them, you know, meeting them in the spirit room. Cause I, I was saying to, I can't remember who it was I was talking to, but in the past two or three years, I've like, people have been placed in my life strategically people that I can talk to, um, uh-huh. you know, unapologetically about God, about faith and about what's going on in my life and not feel like, you know, I'm crazy, you know? Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just one of them things, you know, like it's just been kind of weird, but I kind of feel like the thing that people struggle with millennials particularly struggle with, with faith is that we can believe God for other people, but somehow, and for some reason, we just don't believe that he can do it for us. Well, it's because it's always hiding in the fire. Yeah. Um, when you were, you know that other dodge, uh, it's hard to see the forest and the trees. Mm-hmm. When you're going through it, of course you're going to have a different perspective. You're going to believe, and that's that's when the enemy decided to come in. That's when your doubt decides to, uh, to creep up. That's when your fear of the unknown and the next move um, comes in because you're going through something, and even though people say, oh, pray about it, or oh, do this, or oh, mm-hmm. just trust God, you're like, Bruh. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry today. Right. And, 
It's like you think I haven't <laughs> done that though. <laughs> like I want to eat. Like you think I haven't planned? Well, I prayed yesterday, <laughs> and my stomach's still empty. Like if he can send send manna from the heavens to the children of Israel who was stuck in the wilderness for forty years, like, where is my soul for soul? Like, bruh, like send me a raven to deliver something. <laughs> I was talking to my cousin one time and I was like, I, I was in this place where I was just kind of navigating like, okay, Lord, it, it seems like every time I move ahead, something else happens or something else like knocks me back. And I was like, how much more can I take? And she was like, be careful with that question because he'll show you. Exactly. I, I, I remember as a child, my folks told me, be careful what you pray for because when you pray for uh, um, when you pray for patience, God's not just gonna dump a glass of patience into you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna work out your patience. He's gonna send you some, some, some people that you want to sell. <laughs> <laughs> you may fail the first test, but I guarantee you, three more after that gonna come and you gonna either get the patience or you gonna keep going through the same test. Ooh, Cause, like, ain't that, ooh, you ain't lying. <laughs> but it's just, it's, I found that, like, I, I have learned that, though, that, like, we kind of struggle with our faith because we, we're control freaks. We need to know, you know, how something is going to happen, how something is going to work out. And then, like, I can say during this quarantine, like, this is the most at peace I've been. Um, I can't, I can't deny that I have not worried, that I have not stressed, that I have not cried, that I have not felt like, you know, like, Lord, you done left me out here by myself. I'm hanging. Cause you know, like, and when people are like, you know, pray about it, pray about it, pray without ceasing. And then you read passages in the Bible and it's like, you ain't got to keep praying. Cause I know what's up. I know the need. So it's like, okay, Lord, I ain't rushing you because you kind of, you know, <laughs> speed up a little bit. Yeah, I mean. but that's the thing we want things to happen in our time because we're we're in the information age we're the microwave generation mm-hmm. you know we can instantly connect with somebody across the world in a matter of seconds just by dialing a number or, or going, being on a video call mm-hmm. uh, and we, we expect God to move at the speed of light and not at the speed of Pony Express and you got to remember, God was before time. Yeah. God looks in time. He operates. He comes down from where he is to operate in time. So his view of time is completely different. One of my favorite movies is Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fourth dimension and trying to say that the fourth dimension is time. So 
we live in a 3D world, but when somebody lives in another dimension higher than us and they are able to come in and out of all the dimensions, they can see it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. We only see time as linear where we're either happening it's happening in the past, it's happening now, or it's going to happen in the future. Yeah. It's just, God operates. You said what? It's, it's just one of those things where, like, I I think you just go back to us wanting to be in control of everything. And it's it's that release of control that is the struggle. I, well, for me, at least, it's that release of control, you know, to to say, okay, Lord, I truly trust you. And I think that we be lying. We be lying, cause it'd be like, Lord, I trust you, but I'ma do, I'ma, I'ma do this part right here. Well, the thing <laughs> is, it's not that we're lying. We like to put conditions on stuff. Lord, I'ma trust you until right. Now, yeah, when when my when my win is really due, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go make something happen on my own. Right. That, that's not trust. <laughs> right. Cause no one, you can't. No way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't make it happen but, anyway, so... And that's the thing. You can't... People have this illusion of control when in actuality we have absolutely zero control whatsoever because guess what? Unless God wills for you to even go to work that day, you can't make yourself get up and go to work that day. Yeah. He, he, the scripture does say that he knew you before he was formed in the womb. He knows numbers of hairs on your head. He knows everything that you're going to do in life. So, if it's not, if he hadn't ordained or planned your steps, you're going to rob a bank. You can't get up one day and be like, I'm going to rob a bank. <laughs> when, you look at it from, when you look at it from that perspective and that standpoint, it's like, look, I don't have any control anyway. Yeah. All thing I can do is what I'm supposed to be doing. And a lot of people get that confused with, oh, I don't need to be drinking. I don't need to be smoking. I don't need to be having sex. I don't need to be doing all that. And what's, what's good for the goose isn't always good for the gander. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking may be a sin to you because that's a vice for you. Mm-hmm. But drinking may not be a sin for me. So you can't put your convictions through your personal walk with Christ mm-hmm. on me. Now, out of respect for my brother, I would not drink around you if it if it is a conventional sin for you. But that does not mean that, oh, I'm less holy or I'm less sanctified or less safe because I choose to drink and you don't. Mm-hmm. And notice I said drink, not get drunk. That's a whole different <laughs> argument. <laughs> <laughs> um... Again, this goes back to the to the relationship, and the only the only thing people fail to to actually read scripture and actually take into account what it says, because scripture says that the only way to be saved is by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. Mm-hmm. And he said that upon all these laws, the Ten Commandments, and the six hundred seven hundred extra laws that the Jewish community came up with, um, outside of that, he said the only two laws. Only these two things stand. Love God and love your neighbor and love yourself. Mm-hmm. You do those two things in life, you move throughout life doing that. As well as seeking God, because if you love God, you're going to seek his face, you're going to seek his countenance, seek his wisdom, seek his leadership. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then 
what 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 what's the issue? Mm-hmm. We don't a lot of preachers and a lot of black folk in, in, in the church <laughs> get hung up on what somebody is doing personally in their life. Yeah. Not realizing that her struggle, just because she's struggling with crap does not mean you're bad at her because you're not struggling with crap because now you're struggling with the nigga that you can't even know. <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> we all got our stuff, y'all. <laughs> exactly. Everybody has a chain of bondage on them. And instead of worrying about what somebody else's chains look like, uh, they got chains that are pretty great made of lead, but your chains Ooh. up there 24 k to go. But yeah, it's still weighing you down. It's the my, it's the my sin is better than yours mentality. <laughs> exactly. With all have fallen short of the glory. Yeah. Like, that, that, all of us are deserving of death. Yeah, yeah. Whew, child. We ain't gonna even talk about that. That's a whole nother episode. But, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to the person who struggles with um, believing in God, not necessarily in religion itself, because that's, that's a whole different type of, you know, acceptance and approval or whatever. But how would what would you say to the person who is um, believing is struggling to believe in God? Like for instance, we're under um, a global pandemic. You know, everybody's staying at home, uh, supposed to be staying at home, and quarantined, and all this type of th- all this type of stuff. And people are out of work, and some people were out of work before all of this, and some people are you know they they've given small relief on bills but that doesn't say anything about you know how these bills are going to get paid when they've been out of work for you know however many months and that to that person who is struggling trying to understand why i'm here or to that person who's like i've been fasting i've been giving i've been praying i i try to live right i try to do right i try to keep the commandments and nothing keeps nothing is is going right nothing is going well every time i feel like i'm trying to get ahead i still keep getting knocked back what would you say to that person who feels like they just under the ultimate thumb of child abuse because it because of that's how that that's just how it feels right now it's like you we're taught and raised up to to do all of these things to tithe giving offering all this kind of stuff and it's like i'm still here i'm still in this in this spot where i don't know how the bills gonna get paid i don't know how the rent gonna get paid i don't have no food and i'm supposed to just trust in you i do some kind of way i can tell myself that or tell you that i trust you but i don't really trust you that much because you ain't make that happen by now <laughs> what would you say to that person Um, keep living. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's, that's, that's 100. I've had to tell myself, because I've been in, you, you you know what I've been through, especially the past couple of years. Yeah. I've been down to below rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I thought I couldn't, when I thought I hit rock bottom, bottom I ended up cracking the rock itself and sinking even lower. Mm-hmm. Like, Keep living because the fact that you're still here means that your work isn't done. You haven't been called to fulfill mm-hmm. what you're supposed to fulfill in life. Um, and we are we are spoiled. <laughs> we we're spoiled back. 
we, you know, pray just because we quote unquote live right, which to me is a stupid saying, but <laughs> because we live right, we feel that we shouldn't struggle. We feel that oh, we should only go through a little bit, but then God's gonna crack the sky and He's gonna rain down all types of blessings upon us so where we'll never have to struggle again. Mm-hmm. If Christ Himself came down and struggled as a human being through life, why? What makes us better? What makes us so much more privileged? Mm-hmm. If Christ Himself kept all of the commandments in the Bible, every single one of them, and yet He still struggled as a human being mm-hmm. through life, why do we feel that we should get preferential treatment? Yeah. And 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 we we mistake um we mistake what's what I'm looking for? We mistake riches for sustenance. Uh we mistake um for except for the, the basic provisions you know the Bible does say oh you know he watches over the sparrow in the field uh, so are you not more than, than the sparrow to, to, to our God which is true so oh you feel like ain't no food in your house you can't eat nothing but you got a pack of ramen noodles you got milk you got cereal you got you, he's still making a way for you He's giving you what what the, the the what you need at that particular time, and even though okay, you don't know how rent's gonna get paid, you don't know how this is gonna happen, you don't know how that's gonna happen. However, the month before, you don't know how rent was gonna get paid, you don't know how this was gonna happen, you don't know how that was gonna happen. But guess what? You're still here under the same roof, still struggling. So the fact that Oh, you thought last month was gonna be the end of it all, and then you go to another month, and you're like, "Oh, well, this month's gonna be the end of it all." You're focusing on the struggle and not realizing that who's been keeping you throughout this entire ordeal. So, all I can say is just keep living because if you really were the best stepchild, you up under God's protection and and all the other stuff, and God didn't care about you. on the struggle and you just forget about who been keeping you this whole time we don't have to talk after this over i'm gonna go ahead and end part one of this episode it's gonna be broken up into like three or four parts y'all but 
I hope y'all enjoy it because it's something that I think a lot of us are dealing with, possibly even struggling with, and just trying to figure out how to navigate it because it's rough out here in these streets. But I will be back for the next episode, the next part of Millennials and Faith.